I mean, spoilers for the MLS. Like you gave away some things that happened in the last like ten years 10 of to the 20, MLS. Yeah, absolutely. That um, if you haven't caught up. I mean, it's, it's on you at this point, right? And like, if you've never listened to a podcast, you're going to be so freaking confused by this whole thing. <laughs> like what's happening even? <laughs> Is if this the radio it. or not? <laughs> yeah, right, right. But if you don't know how the, the concept of what a podcast is, then... Yeah, let's keep unpacking this. And this is your first time using Spotify, (laughs) Apple Podcasts, (laughs) Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast, or even your first time holding a phone. Right. You just opened up your first laptop here? (laughs) This is going to be massive. Your mind's about to be blown. Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. We're going to be talking soccer, talking life, playing games, playing mind games. We got a little something for you. Yeah, you. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at Footy Fellows Pod, F O O T Y Fellows Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube at the same name. This episode is brought to you by Phil's Popcorn. And we're going to be talking this episode about becoming an MLS fan, what it takes what it feels like, and where we are hmm. on that journey. Hmm. You're, a, you're a huge MLS fan, Jones. The, the biggest. I can see it in your eyes. The biggest. I was, I was fixated. It sounded earlier in that intro, you had called us the, uh, you said footy fellows. And I thought, oh, that's an interesting um, spin to our thing. Whenever we hit like this British accent or something, we're the, we're the footy fellows. And we, we just kind of elucidate on whatever we want to. Um, expand on well it's either a british accent we're not just going to breeze over that it's either a british accent or it's of a fancy writers club or readers or a book club potentially interesting something of class are we all wearing top hats and monocles is that the standard if you want mine's on now well well, you're a fly guy are you is the three-piece suit is that a standard if you're a footy fellow that's kind of my question to everybody. Yeah, have you seen? Um, are you familiar with uh, Thomas Shelby? Yes. Uh, um, the what's the show? Uh, Peaky yeah, Blinders. Sorry, Peaky Blinders. You know, if we don't look like the Peaky Blinders day in and day out, can we call ourselves the Footy Fellows? Hmm. Fellows. Question to the group. Footy Fellows. No, footy I Fellows. Don't, I don't. I don't think so. Um, Eli, have you have we watched Peaky Blinders? Have you? I haven't seen multiple episodes, but I've seen clips. You get. You get. You get the gist. Yeah. I get the reference because uh, I think I think I think we absolutely could pull that off. Like I I we're know peaky. we're pretty peaky and we're pretty cheeky. I mean when and when our cheekies are out, they're pretty blinding. They're pretty blinding because we are white, white. Wow, you just broke our whip cream <laughs> <laughs> miracle whip. And if we're not some sort of book club or some sort of writers group. Could we be footy fellowship of the ring? Whoa, Whoa. dude. So could it become a movie trilogy, a famed franchise? Yeah, absolutely. Does that mean we have to start with a book series, though? Someone need to get on that, the the footy fellowship. What's their journey? Who are they destroying? Is it destroying Pep and what he's built? Is it, um, uh, is that, that I'm just vilifying. Could be the journey of the American soccer fan. That would be the, 
the spinoff, you know, the, the spinoff that gets us the big deal. Oh, I see. Yep. The journey of becoming an MLS fan and us going all the way from our little town in the Shire. Yeah. Okay. In stamp, sorry, Stanford. <laughs> and then making it all the way to uh, Miami Ooh. or more, more door or Miami, I guess. This like one of the same. Yeah. To becoming an inter Miami. Shire, fan. Stanford. Mordor, Miami. How often do you think that's not a horrible comparison? Mordor, you imagine, is pretty hot. Miami's Wet. hot. Yep, humidity. Beaches are hot. Uh, orcs everywhere. I I think orcs. it's uh, <laughs> there's a there's a great chance that that they're one one and the same. If anything, J.R. Token, if you guys look at his autobiography, um, took a trip to Miami, and that's what that's what inspired. I think you're right. Solomon was actually at the MLS Cup. <laughs> he was a big Columbus Crew fan. Just, <laughs> just evil, evil dude. Because Columbus won, he didn't destroy the world uh, that year. So we're hoping, you know, we're hoping to keep on his good side. He he relishes uh, whenever Portland scores and they 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 kind of drill through the tree. He always feels like, yeah, like getting back at the Ents right there. That's what you get. For wow. And Ents is there. They're sponsored by the Ents. Sponsored by the Ents. Yeah. Ents are us, I believe. We're still and, waiting for that sponsor for our for our pod. Ents are us? Yeah, the Ents. They've, they've been reaching out to me, but we just have, we've been playing phone tag for the past three weeks. And it does, <laughs> it's hard to... It's hard to get them on the phone. They've got landlines still, so yeah, yeah, we were expecting that one. There we go. Landlines is so funny. That's so good, right there. I see. Gandalf kind of feels like Thierry Henry, almost this superstar, okay, lead character, okay, and just worked his way off into the sunset. Like just retired once he's brought this team to a good place and they're ready to take on the rest of the journey. He's retired to be with family. Which I don't remember the Lord of the Rings movies closely enough. Gandalf has a huge family, big yeah, family, super right? Big family overseas, overseas, especially that he does go at the end. He he's does French. Is he, he not with, French? He goes on the. He goes. Gandalf is French. There's that scene where he did corrects, he play for Barcelona, Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> you want to treble? Believe that? Can you believe that? People don't talk about that enough. He was on that team. Gandalf, uh, Gandalf was playing, so he was on the right wing, I believe. He was technically, he was, he was kind of, it was him and Messi that were in and out a little bit. Yeah, him uh, and Puyol would have, you know, when after games they'd be, they have to use a full bottle of shampoo each on their hairs. And beautiful <laughs> stuff. Um, but you know, Gandalf. Oh, I think I think you, what you were getting at, Jones, is that in the movie, I, a lot of people don't remember this scene, but Gandalf was sitting down at a French patisserie and he pretty much broke down the the culinary expertise about uh, a baguette and you know, he's kind yep. of a, talking yep. about he was he was really sharing this knowledge with frodo who was uh you know thinking about applying to the cordon bleu at that time <laughs> um on his quest to deliver the ring uh, to the fire to cast it in the flames now here's a good question for the group would hobbits make good midfielders like messi-esque or would they be better running backs in the nfl you know it's that size that you you know nice short size you know, quick on the ground, low on the ground, nice center, low center of gravity. I'm thinking about Bilbo Baggins here. Is he, yeah. you know, is he... Uh, is he Darren Sproles? Is he messy or is he Darren Sproles? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, the, the question of the day. I, my head goes to like a Lamptey. I feel like they'd be really good wide backs, little wing, wing backs, you know? Winged backs. Winged backs. Winged. There we go. F- just flying up and down, flying up and down there. Ents are, are center backs. They're CBs, no doubt. Oh, no doubt. Um... 
Orcs? Yeah, they're they're hard working forwards, maybe. Peter Crouch. Crouch? Oh, he's a tall Gimli, orc. Is Gimli a defensive mid or is Gimli like is he like a Gattuso? Is he like a staunch, just little beefy defensive mid? I don't know. Just th- th- yeah, it's uh, Legolas. Legolas yeah, like, is definitely like a creative attack like like Yeah, dropping dimes. And people that haven't seen Lord of the Rings have definitely stopped listening by now, or are super <laughs> confused. But either way, I mean, huge spoilers. We should have said <laughs> yeah. something. A lot of spoilers and. A lot of very specific character references. Mm-hmm. So spoiler alert, we're going to use some specific character references. Nice. That if you haven't seen the trilogy, you're going to be confused. And if you've never seen soccer yeah. or Lord of the Rings, right. you're going to be massively confused right. by this episode. Right. I mean, spoilers for the MLS. Like you gave away some things that happened. In the last like 10 years 10 of the 20, MLS. Yeah, absolutely. That um, if you haven't caught up. I mean, it's, it's on you at this point, right? And like, if you've never listened to a podcast, you're going to be so freaking confused by this whole thing. Like what's happening even? <laughs> Is this the radio it. or not? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Right. If you don't know how the, the concept of what a podcast is, then yeah, let's keep unpacking this. And thing. this is your first time using Spotify, <laughs> yeah. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast, or even your first time holding a phone. Right. You just opened up your first laptop here? <laughs> this is going to be massive. Your mind's about to be blown. Yeah, MP3s, they're, they're a thing of the past. You're, no one's using Walkmans, buddy. Welcome to the 19th century. Take that floppy disk out of your hand. God. <laughs> All right, let's jump into. Last week today, where Jones is going to give us a little sense of what's going on in the world of soccer, the world of footy. Absolutely. Hit a, hit it, hit, hit it, beat man, beat man Pierre. Teen, no, Tony. Tony? Who's Pierre? That's the, that's the other. <laughs> that's the Pierre's other. our intern. Sorry about that, Pierre. My bad, my bad, P. Hit it, Tony. Uh, so it's been a little while, guys. I uh, figured I would catch us up a wee bit on what's taken place over the past uh, week or so. Nothing too crazy if you're staying close to the soccer world. Champions League took place. Um, it's a little staggered. We're having some games happen some weeks, some games some games others. That's a pretty intuitive sentence, I suppose. But more importantly, it just means that we only have a couple teams that have technically qualified through to the quarterfinals. Um, most notably, though, Juventus and uh, Barcelona are out which means neither Ronaldo nor Messi are in the Champions League quarterfinals for the first time since uh, 2004-2005 season, which is quite remarkable. Wow. What a legacy. Holland and Mbappe are running rampant and uh, seem to be taking up the mantle as they have both qualified instead. Um, In the Premier League, we are in the midst of match week 28, and City is pretty handily running away with the league. They're up 15 points right now in Leicester, um, they also have played a couple more games than some of their following, um, some of them, some of their followers. So we'll, we'll see how that happens. But it, it does feel like there's a, a just primarily a battle for who will make it into the Champions League uh, who, and who who won't be relegated. But otherwise, it um, for the most part seems like City has it. Um, also, what you will see and hopefully hear about everywhere is Lamella's goal. He scored today against Arsenal. An unbelievable, unbelievable Rabona. Um, probably goal of the year. We'll see. Um, quick, quick roundup on other leagues. La Liga, Atletico Madrid is top, and they're up by about six points with Real and Barca closing in behind them. 
um, should make for a tense end of the season in league. Uh, Lille is still top of the table, surprising or unsurprising because young Timothy Wea, uh, America, USA, USA is leading the way. Um, PSG is behind with a game in hand though. And they're behind by three. So with simple win, they're back in the mix. Uh, Bundesliga, Bayern's doing their thing. Don't worry about it. Um, and then Women's Super League, you have Chelsea, City, United, and Arsenal all running in the top four. Very exciting, very tense. Um, we'll see if um, we'll see if any Americans are able to pull out the dub. Uh, that's all I got for last week today, boys. Awesome. Also want to give a shout out to, you know, Liverpool, who did qualify for the quarterfinals in the Champions League. I say a little... A little surprisingly that they did this, so they pulled it off, beating RB Leipzig, but they will definitely have their hands full in whoever they play in the next round. It's a tale of two teams. They play in the Premier League, and I think men and Blazers were saying um, uh, you would you would think that Leipzig just hasn't been watching any of the Premier League games, that they've only been watching Liverpool play Champions League because, you know, <laughs> they got they got handled. And Liverpool deserved their their win. Leipzig's no no slouch, so... Yeah, there were definitely some instances where, you know, crossbar, Leipzig hit, hit the crossbar and there were some close chances. The defense of Liverpool is very much shaky, that there's no doubt about it. So, um, but we escaped. On to the next one. Uh, another news story I forgot if we're keeping on the Liverpool front. There's been a lot of, um, a lot in the press of this kind of conjured drama um, that folk are trying to spin about Klopp potentially leaving Liverpool, potentially taking the Germany job once, uh, uh, ooh, I'll just go with the last name, Louvre, once he's, once he's out, um, which he's declared he will after the Euros. Um, uh, but FSG, the ownership of uh, both the Red Sox and Liverpool, came out with a joint statement saying um, that they fully support Klopp. They back him 100% and that he won't be going anywhere. So don't know if that's politics or whatever, but I heard rumors he might also be coaching the Red Sox this upcoming season, but I don't know <laughs> if that's just the media trying to spin stories or if that's a real possibility. It's only if Theo comes back, only if Theo Epstein comes back. Otherwise, it's a waste of everyone's time. No chance. Pep Klopp's Pep got a wicked fastball. <laughs> wow. to say, Izzy? But Klopp's got a wicked fastball. I mean, this dude's throwing low 80s. It's, you know, maybe not MLB caliber, but whew, low 80s. <laughs> He's got a shoulder. He's got, he's got a velocity up there. He's a tall boy. <laughs> I think Pep would totally, by the way, he would totally be the Yankees. Like, that's the only job he would accept. Yeah. He's not yeah, doing no. the fucking Diamondbacks. He might do twins. He's considering it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're excited for the MLS and NWSL seasons to start up. I know there's been a couple of off-season scrimmages already, or preseason, I should say, for both MLS teams playing some USL teams. And I've seen a couple of the NWSL teams scrimmaging uh, women's college teams in their area, which has got to be exciting for the college players and great warm-up uh, preseason addition for teams like Louisville. First first year in the league, getting to play against the Louisville women's college team. So I've been following some of that on social media. And we're going to talk more MLS in a sec. But first, want to thank our sponsors, as always, and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Phil's Popcorn, a pop above. Kernels that will make your mouth water and then explode your insights. Pop, pop. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Phil's. 
Wow, what a what a an ad. That's a great great commercial. I'm I'm intrigued. The ending got me. My ears were perked. Yeah, it's kind of a strong. I know they bleeped out that last part. I'm not sure what they said, but it's kind of a strong take from a popcorn company to be that bold, that brazen. It's. Uh, I'm I'm interested. I'm not gonna lie. Now I want to see because I want to see how it's marketed. I want to see the the branding of it. Does yep. it just have you know written across <laughs> it? Is it um what's how are they selling this? Everyone, edgy. did we just have a popcorn company on here? I see. We did popcorn pillow. Great company. Nice uh, nice owner co-founder. Uh, great duo. And they uh, are are very very strong competitors with with these these this popcorn company yeah it seems like phil's really tried to carve out that edgy kind of marketplace they uh they really wanted to be disruptors in the space and um they're here for the angsty teens yeah that are also like angsty movies right exactly precisely best best so if you are if you're watching if you're watching like a nice rom-com and you're cuddling up you probably snuggling up with bay all right uh, and uh, Bay and your and your popcorn pillow, and you're both just tearing into that. Um, and then if you're and then if you're watching, what, what, what would you what would you be watching for? Uh, what's like a good edgy Lord of the Rings trilogy? Oh, the Footy Fellowship. Um, <laughs> that that would be something you'd probably bust out some fills. Do people even eat popcorn anymore while they watch movies, or is that out of style? I you know I do I do Eli I do eat popcorn. It's quite nice. A bit messy on the fingers, which I've never liked, but yes. Popcorn's a nice little snack. Keep your mouth busy while uh, while you watch. <laughs> that did not sound great, <laughs> but <laughs> it's when, a nice little snack to when, eat while you watch. When the when the pandemic subsides and, uh, and You wanna see what this mouth do? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should get alone in a dark room with some popcorn. Uh, no. Um when you are at the theater and you have one, one, do you bring your own snacks ice or are you buying popcorn? If you are buying popcorn and then I'm, I'm bringing this over to you, Eli, are you guys buttering it up? Are you salting it up? Are you getting the small bag, medium bag? How, what are the logistics? <laughs> All right. So I'll go first. Um, I preferably, yes, popcorn. I'll get there. I don't, I like to bring my own gummy snacks if I'm in the mood for some sweets. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't like buying it at the theater. It's a bit too expensive. But for popcorn, you got you got to get the large. Generally, at the theaters I go to, they will refill it. But why I've never gotten a refill. It just entices me every time that I have the option. Um, but yes, Maddie does like the butter. Personally, it's a bit too much on my fingers, but it tastes it tastes pretty good. So I'm a fan. Butter it up, and then we also put a little extra salt on top. That sounds delicious. The weird thing about the theaters in Chicago is you can get a refill with a large popcorn, but they only give up to six <laughs> refills. Like it says free refill, and then when you go back for the seventh refill, apparently it's in the fine print <laughs> and they shut you down. And you can only do, they put a small sign on the butter machine that says maximum 17 squeezes on the on the nozzle, like on the handle. And they have someone that stands there yeah. and measures how many times you squeeze the butter. You, you have a squeeze... At my, the mine, they just dip their hand in the, <laughs> and, they, and they just kind of trickle it over the butter in maximum eye contact. So that's why I don't really like. I don't like to get popcorn. But it's free though. You have to pay for the scoop. So it's so that that's a great question. So it's you pay for every other refill. 
So, and, and the price it's, it's a progressive So it, and it goes down a little bit each time. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't go to movies anymore because I can get, I can get eight refills at home. I can get refill my large popcorn eight times at home with Phil's popcorn. Right. Why? Yeah. Why skimp? Why skimp out when you can just uh, live in luxury at home? Don't be a <laughs> eat fills. So why should we care about the MLS? Have we become MLS fans? Do we think we're going to become more of MLS fans? What level of knowledge does it take to get involved with the league, to become experts on the league? How does the MLS gain the same level of popularity and excitement as some of these overseas leagues? We're going to, we're going to jump into all of that, a little bit of each. And I want to start with you, IC. I know you've become a Minnesota United fan. I don't know how recently, and I don't know what their presence in the Minnesota market has looked like. So I'm curious how that has developed both your fanship and Minnesota's presence in the market over the last, you know, three, four years. Yeah, my fan fandom of MNUFC has grown significantly, definitely this past year. Um, it really helps a lot that I have close friends who are big MNUFC fans and their family as well. And so watch parties are fun. Um, it, it's just a great time to dedicate to some soccer, some local soccer. And, you know, yes, there is um, obviously a difference in, in level of play when between, you know, English Premier League and MLS. But when you watch MLS, these guys really play hard and the level is quite good. I mean, it's not like, it's not, it's great play. Um, and in, in the area that I'm in, I actually don't live too far away from the stadium, just a couple miles down. The stadium's fantastic, brand new, built, you know, just a few years ago. And it's it's a joy to go. Tickets are not tickets are, are inexpensive, um, so it really helps um, or you know encourages folks to to go to games. And it's been it's been awesome. It's only getting bigger. Uh, I only hear about uh, people getting more and more interested in the team. MLS stadiums. That's one topic where it might actually be nicer than some stadiums abroad. Of course, the whole stadium atmosphere is what you're there for. But for teams that have newer stadiums, soccer-specific stadiums, because the league is so new itself in America and the sport is so relatively new in, in popularity in America, a lot of the newer stadiums are really nice. And they're not these massive grounds per se. Some of them are. But they're sort of intimate venues that feel very modern and very sleek and are providing this really elevated experience that you could argue Americans want when they go to games. But that's one place that the MLS actually might have over some of these international leagues. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, you would think that this, the American um, <clears throat> economy and uh, ability to kind of develop that infrastructure should give it a platform wherein it's competing with with other um, leagues. Uh, I, you can't really say top leagues, but at least um, most recognized leagues in, or reputable leagues in the world. I saw something recently, um, and I can't. I really can't pull it back up, it was referenced, I think, I think Men in Blazers were, were talking about it, where a report had been filed um, outlining the top 10 most valuable leagues in the world. And the MLS was number 10 on there, cracked into that for the first time, which uh, I feel is a great indicator of how the league is starting to grow and develop its own um, market share and import in, in the world, in the world stage. 
Um, Jones, how is your fire fandom? Where does it sit currently and how has it developed over time? Um, so, so in similar to the MN UFC phenomenon and, and all of these expansion clubs, um, pause the fire has is one of the first teams in the league right been here since early 90s and um like early 2000 2004 ish i think the club built its own soccer specific stadium out in um at toyota park out out in wherever and uh, bridgeview and that ignited this big spark for the city and a lot of fans got hyped at least it felt like that and um, the fire were relevant. You had Quatemo Blanco. We, we had Chris Rolfe. It was a good, exciting team. Um, and then things started to fade. The team wasn't as good and as relevant. And that stadium's location became a problem. And so it seemed just like the fire was kind of collapsing in its relative nature. Um, but now it's new to move back to the city. There's new logos, all this good stuff. Point is, though... Um, my fandom has gone up and down with that kind of trend. And I feel like that kind of trend is going to persist throughout the league with new teams as they come in. And it's a question of um, one, how is that location? Um, And, and two, what other markets are they competing with in that space? Portland Timbers, for example, has a raucous crowd or Atlanta United raucous crowd. I'm curious to see how long will those continue to be there? It feels like Portland's clearly established that they're not going anywhere. Atlanta's putting, been putting up crazy numbers. Are they actually going to stick around that long? Um, but but my overarching point is it does seem like regardless, fandom exists. There's a hunger and appetite for it in the U.S. Um, and I, it's only growing. It's only growing. What I want to throw back to you guys is, uh, and you, you probably have mentioned this already, uh, do you have to be an MLS fan if you are living in the U.S.? And if you are a fan, is it acceptable if you're not super gung-ho about it? Or do you need to pick a side? Do you need to have some allegiances? I would say that the MLS is is finally hitting its stride in this last decade. Uh, I think it's just exploded in popularity. And, and um, you know, it's more common to see it on TV and, and all this good stuff, which is fantastic for the sport. I love that. Um but I think it's still early enough where folks, I mean, obviously there's no need to, to hop on a team, especially if there's not one in your region. I, I would say if, there is, if, if your state or city do have a team, definitely worth um, investigating, checking it out. Go to some watch parties, go to a game if you can, if it's um, you know, reasonably priced tickets. I think, I think it's great. I think once you find, really, I think the key to fandom and the key to really starting to love and enjoy a team is to just find people that also have this excitement and joy around watching this team play. Um, now, obviously, some people just like to watch them play, and that's about it. You know, it's fun. The game's here. While the game 90 minutes are on, it's great, fantastic, done. Okay, we'll see you next week. You know, there's no other uh, digging into the player backgrounds and all that jazz, but you can do, I mean, there are tons of people that love that stuff as well. And once you find the right niche, niche group to, uh, you know, to watch games and, and be a supporter with, then it really becomes a, a, a joy, a blast. So that that's how my fandom has definitely grown through, through really just a group of people who like watching the game and we talk about it and it's, it just makes everything more enjoyable. 
completely agree with you, I see, in every aspect. And I will add on that the presence of MLS on social media with not just the MLS's account, but other accounts that are posting memes, highlights, transfer rumors, and seeing those accounts grow as we've tried to grow our own account on Instagram and Twitter and other platforms, if you want to, if you want to follow us there. I mean, <laughs> and so both the social media and all of these new franchises coming to different areas and, and big cities in the U.S., it really feels like the, the younger generation of fans feels more tied to being MLS fans because there's the communities. And it's just a fun thing to do. Even if you're not a huge soccer fan, all of a sudden, people are seeing the names of the teams more, the merch is out there. Just the whole, the whole story of the league has finally come together, like both of you said. And I think younger fans will feel it's necessary. Younger soccer players or, or younger people living in these communities will feel more tied to becoming an MLS fan versus necessarily looking to the EPL, looking to Bundesliga, Serie A. Same goes for NWSL. I think both MLS, NWSL, uh, and even USL, people will find more allegiances at a younger age, which we're seeing with some of the folks we've talked to that are high schoolers that are big soccer fans and support an MLS club heartily. Yep. I've only been to a couple of NYCFC games and Red Bulls games being from the East Coast area, from Connecticut, where we don't have an MLS team. But I went to a couple of those games. That was fun growing up, but I was never so tied to the clubs as a fan where I was tied to EPL teams and other teams overseas. The, uh, the uh, great points. Um, and even on top of that, the success of, um, and, and we'll put this on one side and, and acknowledge, um, American women have dominated and have been the best um, players team representative of, of the U S but the men are starting to clearly show some progress. And as you are seeing successful male players starting to pop up in Europe and on these big, big stages, um, the belief in these youth and, and the teams that they're watching, the belief that there's actually a, a road to the top that may uh, start and begin in the U.S. becomes that much more real. And that road, uh, as, we're be- as we're beginning to see, um, can take you from, yes, your academy team in the U.S. to then overseas and training for a club in Germany. It can take you from your first year at Wake Forest, where you're then drafted by NYCFC and then taken over to Leeds and you're killing it in the Prem. We've seen all of these different roads starting to form. And because of that, these teams, if you're watching FC Dallas now, you might want to watch because they've got some young, exciting talent that, oh, is just going to be bought by Bayern or Roma or whomever that, that, you know, was seeking legit talent. This league is legit, has legit potential. Um, and so, you know, younger players can, can really back something here. They're not doing it just to be a part of a fad. You can really like have some meaningful give and take from, from these experiences. The excitement is there, and I think the knowledge required to feel like you're a fan of the league, that's the best way to sum up how the league is developing in all the other ways, and that's why it's important, is things like the social media, like FIFA, like pundits talking about the MLS a little more, and being able to just dabble in some of that and find it more easily and find the community where you don't need to know every player, you don't need to have followed the teams for 5-10 years to finally be cut to be a fan of the MLS these days. Whereas 
maybe 10 years ago you would have, but everything else has made it easier, a much lower barrier to entry to feel like you can be a real fan of a team and grow into that. And then you learn more and you go to games and you do all that stuff, but it feels more accessible for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think us talking to MLS players too has just been fun and, and other folks involved in the game, but that's one way that I've felt much closer to the MLS and we watched a lot of the MLS's back tournament and Nashville and, you know, Seattle and some of the other teams where we've, we've chatted with some guys on the pod, which is awesome. It's um, I think we, we were, we've kind of created this fun experience for ourselves where we're able to um, tap into these guys' lives, um, guys and girls' lives to understand what their um, day-to-day looks like. And um, as we mature into adults, as we're entering our mid to late 20s, we're starting to appreciate more and more what it's like to have a solidified career and what it means to balance the things that you are doing with the career that you've chosen. Um, and sorry, things you're doing, your personal life with what you're, um, what you're doing as a career and that, that those are two separate entities. Um, and the MLS is one of those things where I think even as a kid, you, you didn't, you didn't maybe take it as seriously as, as you should. And these conversations we have with these people, um, is really, it's really impactful to see who they are, that they're human, that they have funny thoughts, that they have stressful thoughts, that they, um, go through all these different things. Um, I think Icy's um, in the in talks with getting Reynoso on, um, and when we have when we have also practiced our Spanish a little bit further, I think um, that'll be a really really special moment. <laughs> yeah, that I mean that would be awesome uh, to get that. But yeah, you know, as you were saying, Eli, talking to talking to players, getting to know them personally, and and you know, really get a sense for who they are outside and off the the field is really great and. And helps helps draw you in. Uh, gives you gives you more of a reason to watch these guys play. And and you know, from my perspective, these guys being our age, it's it's very impressive that they're still up and at them, sprinting up and down the field, throwing shoulders into each other. And you know, it's I'm envious. They still got it. Still got it going. We still got it. We're just doing it verbally versus physically. <laughs> you just don't have it. Our bodies don't have it, but our minds and our souls do. <laughs> there we go. Yes. And Fofs, look out for potentially another one, one or two of those interviews as we continue this MLS focus month and also chat some storylines from the offseason to catch you up and make you feel like you are in the know. If you're just looking to dabble, understand what your team might have done in the offseason and then some predictions for the season ahead. So stay tuned for that. A little more MLS this month. And also stay tuned for some March Madness content. If you're a, a basketball fan, Sheesh. just tease that right quick as well on the Instagram. Sheesh. If you're an Instagram fan. Sheesh. And lastly, we're going to hit you with one of our favorite and potentially newer games. I'll kick it to you, Icy. Yeah, I don't know if we've ever done this game before, but I think a lot of you listeners will will know. We'd be familiar with this game. Two truths and a lie. So I'm going to give Eli and Jones uh, three statements. Two truths, and one will be a lie, and they will have to determine which one is the lie. Uh, it's going to be all MLS themed, of course. And let's kick it off. Eli Jones, uh, anyone want to start first? Eli volunteered. Raise all right, Eli, first. Big E. All right, here we go. The inaugural MLS season was 1996. The most goals of all time for the MLS held by Chris Wondolowski. 
He scored 266 goals. Finally, DC United won the championship in the first season of the MLS. Which one is false, Eli? Those are all believable. Man. Uh, DC United used to be good. I believe that. Wando has scored a ton of goals. I'd believe that he's first, and I should know who the all-time leading scorer is, but I can't think of... Jones and I were actually talking like MLS legends a couple weeks ago, and I just don't remember who was first in goals. And the league was in the 90s. It might have been earlier than 96, but that's also when I was born, so I'd freaking believe it. <laughs> I'll go 96 is the lie. This one actually is a little tougher than I thought. Nope, that one's true. The lie was Chris Wondolowski's goal total. Uh, it wasn't 266, it's 166. Uh, it did feel like a lot of goals, but yeah. <laughs> I, I was stumped there. Well played. All right, lovely. Jones, here you are. First one, there were 10 teams when the MLS was first formed. Next, the creation of a professional Division I soccer league was a result of a condition to FIFA awarding the 1994 World Cup to the U.S., and finally, there are two teams in the MLS who have won every championship game they've played in. They are the Columbus Crew and the San Jose Earthquakes. Wow. That's th- these are good. These are good. These, these are, are thinkers. Yeah. yeah. If you're if you're listening along and you're Fof, take your take your guess now. Lock it in while Max racks his brain. So I know the second one was too elaborate not to be real. So I'm gonna go that that one feels true. The um, tapping into your SAT, your test test prep here. B B B. Let's see. Um, the first one, ten teams, and the, the third one is that they've won any contest they've been in. Um, yep, two teams in the MLS have won every championship game they've played in. San Jose. So I know that San Jose has won two, and Columbus. I can't believe that they've won all that they've done. And 10 teams seems small. 10 teams feels a little low. I'm going to go I'm going to go with uh San Jose and um I'm going to go with San Jose and Columbus. I I the 10 is small, but I got to believe that they they're not actually undefeated. All right, ding ding ding. You got it right. Um it was not the San Jose Earthquakes. Yes, they're 2 for 2. Uh, it's not the Columbus crew. They've been there three times and only won twice. I think they lost to Portland in 2016 or 14. Uh, ATL, Atlanta. They've been there once and they won it once. So. Wow. Now, I would have been, um, been impressed, Jones, if you like picked out Atlanta. Sorry, yeah. sorry. I, see <laughs> no, I was going to say, fun fact, uh, no shade thrown. Trust me, all you fans of this team, Vikings are in the same situation. The New England revolutionaries team i think that's their name but new england they've been there five times and never won oh. so brutal look the vikings have been to the super bowl four times never won so i understand your pain fun fact all right eli back to you first one most goals scored in a championship game was six goals second the mls attempted to americanize the sport in its early years by by allowing timeouts and flags instead of cards and finally, the league lost an estimated $250 million in its first five years. Can you read the first one one more time? Yep. The most goals scored in a championship game was six. That's the most tame, but I want to say that one. 
I, be- I believe the loss of money in the first few years, although 250 mil seems high given, I don't even know what cost would have been associated with 250 million. Uh, which, which one are you locking in? I'll go with that one. I don't think they lost 250 million in the first couple of years, even though it feels very real from a just a fact standpoint, a choice yeah. standpoint. You know, that one actually was true. The false one was number two. The MLS did attempt to Americanize the sport, but they didn't do it in the ways I said. They they were no timeouts and they they still use cards. They didn't use flags like in the NFL. What they did do is they you wanted to use shootouts to resolve tie games. And how they did it was, I think you've talked about this before, Eli. They put they had five seconds on the clock and you were 30 yards away from goal and you had basically like hockey, you had to dribble up to the goal and shoot and score within the five seconds. And the other thing where they had a countdown clock. So instead of normal soccer that counts up to 90, this counted down and the ref had the ability to stop the time uh, at their discretion. And once the clock hit zero, game was over. I didn't give the the MLS circa 96 enough credit. I knew about the shootouts. And so I figured they would have messed around and tried the timeouts and some other stuff <laughs> just because. Yeah. Nope. The, um, however, these, uh, Americanization tactics uh, were later revoked as they um, alienated true soccer fans and uh, they didn't actually bring more fandom into the league. So they were scrapped. All right. Finally, Jones, last three. Here we go. Freddie Adu was 14 years old when he debuted for DC United. Next, the MLS is currently the largest first division professional soccer league in the world. Uh, now largest as in a uh, number of teams. And last, Tim Howard uh, was the highest paid player in 2020. Uh, largest league in the world. You know, Jones, that it actually was true. Uh, they it, MLS is the largest first division professional league in the oh, world. I needed to find a lie. Shoot. Oh, my bad. I would have gone Tim. My bad. Ah, I put in the <laughs> wrong answer. But I, okay, keep going. All right. It, in in uh, the alternate universe, you would have gotten that right. Tim was not the highest paid player in 2020. It is Chicharito Javier Hernandez at 7.2 million guaranteed. Now, before that, 2019, it was uh, Ibrahimovic, but he's gone. So Tim must still be making money. I guess Tim's the making role. a little over 2 million. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, who, there, Josie Altador is up there making six something. And uh, Bradley, he's the second highest paid player, which is shocking to me, but he's he's pretty good. There's a great, I don't know if tell all is the right word or if that makes it sound too dramatic, but chat with Grant, that Grant Wall, uh, writer and, you know, soccer voice, did with Freddie Adu years later, pretty recently, that he just released about quote unquote, the rise and fall of Freddie Adu because he was this such an overhyped name or a hyped name at the time when he was 14 and he got signed to DC United. I remember seeing him on the Sports Illustrated covers and then he he kind of fell off and people didn't hear about the name in the same way they did in the beginning. And that was tough for him mentally, but he's been doing a lot of other great stuff. He just hasn't had the soccer career people expected. And so that's what that chat is about. If you're interested in listening Thank you, I see. That was a very fun game. Made us think a bit. Good. Glad you guys liked it. Might have to might have to bring that back. Put you in the hot seat. See you. See if you can seek out the the truths <laughs> and the lies and the Utes and the Utes and the goodbyes. The uh, the Utes. It's the U- Utah Utah team, I believe. Utah Jazz. That's what we're referencing. 
Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us and sticking by us. And do check out our Instagram for some exciting March Madness participatory content that we're looking for your votes on, your thoughts on. It's going to be exciting. And it's going to get you in the March Madness bracket mode. So get excited for that. And for more MLS chat, thanks for sticking with us. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. See you next week. Oh no, I'm gonna need a cleanup on aisle f- me. <laughs> Until you figure out exactly what you want to say. How you're gonna yeah, maybe it. I'll just say goal. I'll just, br- no matter what sport, it's just the extended goal.